We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. York sports happens. Talk about it here. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, N O R E, Nori. Now we on a Ronnie. All right. Checking things out. Still looking over the Nets game. Losing to the Knicks. I just, I don't know. I'm not bothered by it. It's just something that you feel like was bound to happen, right? Ten in a row would have been OD, especially without KD Kyrie. Like, this is just the, like, signal to the Nets world that, like, hey, you're in a different space. The team that you started the season with is is not here. The, the team you had last week, <laughs> two weeks ago, not here. And uh, they're not a team yet. There's some pieces, there's some pros, there's some promise, but you've got to figure it out. You just heard Marco do the update where you hear Jacques Vaughn, the coach of the Nets, talk about, you know, what what works for Ben. What? We're trying to figure out the best rotation, the best players to have around Ben that can get the most out of Ben. What? Ben Simmons? Bruh, like, how do the Nets end up only the Nets, yo? <laughs> only the never-know Nets. I've named them the never-know Nets for this season, and it's a perfect title. You never know. You never know if KD, Kyrie are going to be healthy. You never know if they're going to win 18 out of 20. You never know if they're going to fire Steve Nash. You never know how Jacques Vaughn is going to perform. You never know if Ben Simmons back knee, eyelash hurts. You never know what Ben Simmons you're going to get. Maybe he is attacking the rim. Maybe he is just fouling. Maybe he's just in the corner of Madison Square Garden pedaling a bike. And all of these things lead to dysfunction. All of these things have me scratching my head as a Nets fan wondering what goes on inside that building, right? Uh, Katie and Kyrie force their way out. Well, really, Katie forces or Kyrie forces his way out, and Katie's not the type to stay here and you know like carry a team. Not at his uh, you know age and his health. Like you know he'll probably be hurt again this year. So he bounces to his preferred destination. You're stuck with Ben Simmons, who is the only max contract guy you have. He's a former number one overall pick, rookie of the year, whatever. So they're trying to figure things out about him, but um. There was a quote, uh, Jerry Sidenet, shout out to him. He's he's a consistent hater on, on people, but, you know, he's a voice in the Nets world that puts some things out. And I don't know, for some p- people, they actually think he's related to the side family. He's not. He put out a quote, and it was, uh, he wrote, it's about production, consistency, availability, and that's not always been present. And then he said, this tells me that Kyrie was, uh, was right about Ben Simmons not preparing professionally before, during, and in between games. And he has the video of Ben Simmons now. What I've found in this little mini era of Katie and Kyrie in Brooklyn, there's been a lot of divaism. There's been a lot of whataboutism, a lot of finger pointing. Well, what about him? How come he gets treated like this? And what about him? How come he gets to do this? And I think, you know, when Harden was here, Harden wanted to party. When they went to a West Coast trip, he wanted to go to Vegas. 
Uh, some people look down upon it, whatever. It's the NBA. These guys are all different. Some of these guys need to get 10 hours of sleep the night before a game. Other guys are, you know, out and paparazzi's flashing pictures of them like Ben Simmons with, you know, the next model that happened to be in New York that he was able to link with. Uh, but I think that, you know, the treatment and the levels of treatment in the organization, it, it carries. I think we saw that even with Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton didn't play Saturday. I think he needed a mental day. His, you know, Katie and Kyrie are gone. His friends on the team are gone, and he's the only one left. And he, he needed a day. Then you see him play, and it's just like, I don't know. I look at the Nets as a mess right now. The, the dis- dysfunction has led them to another uh, failed experiment with superstars. And now you're stuck with one guy who used to be a superstar that you won't just come to terms with. He's not what you thought. That's why Sixers fans hated him the way that they hated him. And the Sixers got rid of him and even tried to sue him. He's literally just with a smile on a bike, pedaling during the game, meeting the media. Guy misses five games with knee soreness. Exits a game early where he got literally hit in the eyelash. And that's what you get with Ben Simmons. Sorry for the dead air. I had to sneeze. Back to the phone we go. Ari is on Long Island. You got it, Ari. Hey, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm all right. Holding it down. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just got home from the Knicks Nuts game. Was at the Garden. Good night with, with, with the girlfriend, V-Day. Um, but just before that, man, sorry to hear about the crazy news with uh, Michigan State. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to report it. It sucks. I just, you yeah, know, bro. it's happening right now, and I couldn't ignore it, and we're all going to hear about it all week. No, it was good that I heard it from you, man. I was just shook hearing it on the highway on the Southern State. Just, it's crazy. Hopefully, you know, prayers out to, you know, the students. Marco family, just told friends, me that the reporter is dead. He killed himself, so. He fled, but uh, I guess they found him, and he took the gun to himself. So the suspect is dead. Three are killed. There's five injured, um, and that's the latest update from about 10 minutes ago. Man. Man. This is America. This is what Americans, it sucks. Because I just said to Marco, I was a college kid dealing with this. Now I'm a grown man, and I'm looking at it differently. Like, now I'm feeling bad for the kids. And it's like, is this just something that is going to go on forever here where we have to teach our kids? And, you know, Marco's got young kids, and he talks about how he gets alerts from the school for any little thing as far as, like, yeah. someone trespassing, a random person being, like, they have to be, like, super sensitive to these things. And I just don't understand, like, how it ends. I don't understand how we get to a point where we feel better about these things. You literally just have to live live your life, but in the back of your mind have a little bit of fear that like this stuff could happen. My, my grandma used to tell me, you know, prayer is the, the best weapon for believers. So, and we just got to keep everybody in our thoughts. And yeah. I think and a lot of us together. pray. I'm, I pray every day, multiple times a yeah, day, bro. but I couldn't stop that guy in Michigan state, you know, I, bro, it's crazy. Bro, you know, know. pray. I'm, I believe in God and a higher power and all that. And I believe God works in his ways. But uh, prayer's not stopping this this madman who decided to shoot some people today because who knows what he had going on. I'm sure they'll uncover that in the weeks uh, coming up, what was wrong with this person and, you know, what Internet history he had and, and what was leading to this, What who ignored these signs. We It's the same thing. We see this all the time. Jeez. Yeah, no, I really makes you take a sorry step back. To, sorry to have the conversation no, with you. you no, know. I do. It's important, man. It's important for all of us, really. Uh, and, like, just, you know, the non-important stuff, you know, being at the Knicks game, that's game like you were talking about. I like watching pregame halftime warm-ups sometimes more than the actual games. And I was just trying to really take a note of what Ben was doing, even, like, halftime warm-ups. This guy's just lackadaisical, throwing up these, like, weird running hooks. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, you know, just not doing anything. Just, just getting that game check, bro. Just showing up, getting a check. Don't really care about what I'm doing to get ready for the game or how I affect the game if we win. I'm on a max deal. I think he's got, like, 34 mil coming his week or something like that. Now, now I'm a diehard Knicks fan, bro, my whole life. But I'm going to have to represent for Nets fans a little bit. Like, they came, they showed up. 
took the garden. They were representing of their course. The Nets. They were loud. Um, how does Jacques Vaughn in that post conference talk about Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons played 13 minutes, two points, two assists, three rebounds tonight? Let's focus on Nick Claxton. Let's focus on Cam Johnson. Why is he playing Joe Harris and Cam Johnson defensively I, I, out there together? Like, what is it's almost like, and I didn't want to say it on Twitter. Uh, I was going to say it for air. It was almost like the Nets punted this game. They did everything in their power to not win the game, right? <laughs> Nick Claxton played 23 minutes. Why is he taking a backseat to anybody? You got yeah. you got Ben Simmons who's playing 13 minutes as a backup backup, right? He's really playing those 13 minutes at center backing up Dayron Sharp at center. Dayron Sharp is a second-year player who's really a G League player. The kid is 21 years old. He's not really an NBA guy. I don't know. The Nets are a mess. And like you said, to hear their head coach talking about what's best for Ben, nothing. What's best for Ben is not what's best for the Nets. They got to get to the point where they're not playing him, but maybe the message has come down from the owner, the GM, hey, we got this guy. He's the last star we have left. Everyone's saying we don't have stars. Let's get that star out of him. And they can't. He's cooked. He's done. He's a wrap. He will never be the player that we once saw because I don't think he cares. I think I think mentally he's he's crushed from his whole experience. And he he's not he's not concerned with like putting in the time that it takes to be great again. It's just like whatever happens, happens. It's like a, a woe is me approach. He doesn't care, like whatever, yo. Like yeah. I don't know. I, and I'm I, as a Nets fan, I just think it's hilarious. Like the Nets, like this is this is the Nets I used to know. Like they just can't avoid <laughs> the nonsense. They can't avoid the drama finding them. And and Ben Simmons is the latest act. Like you get KD and Kyrie out of here, you're left with a max contract player and Ben Simmons who gives you 13 minutes at the center position, two points. And he's just trash. He's like, he's just not good at all. There's not one good thing to report. I hear you, man. Um, one good note as a Knicks fan, um, we need to build Jalen Brunson a statue uh, as soon as possible. This yeah, guy. hype him all he the way up. Calm, he's legit. <laughs> I, that's what I said. I mean, my opener, I'm like, $100 million for four years? Like, they they better have some side endorsements, some deals for this kid. They they underpaid him. And for people that were saying, oh, I don't know, that's a lot for a guy that doesn't have any all-stars. Where He's playing like an all-star. Here's another year that he could have probably been an all-star. He doesn't have an all-star. But when he's on that floor, he is in control. When he's on that floor, the he, he steadies the ship for the Knicks. He can make a play on his own. He can get a basket on his own. He can shoot over taller guys. He's so... Like, he's he's so polished and professional. It's just like, I don't know, it gives you confidence watching him. You I, I, yeah. didn't doubt, I didn't doubt that he was closing that game out. I, I was saying that early. I'm like, second half, I'm like, this guy is playing the closer. He is the best guy on the floor. Not Julius Randle, not Spencer Dinwiddie, not Mikel Bridges. It's Jalen Brunson. And that's something that, you know, the Nets got to focus on a little bit. And I'll leave you on this, man. Really appreciate you. Love listening to you. Um, I don't know what that other dude was saying about you speaking like a different type of dude. Bro, you're a New Yorker, man. We we all appreciate how you oh, speak. That's Jimmy, that and dude. I'll speak on that. It's, it's funny you brought that up because I, w- I was going to retouch on that um, before I end my show because it brings up a good black history conversation. But, yeah, uh, Brunson, great. What was the last thing you were going to say? Yeah, no, that's something that the Nets got to just focus on. Oh, let's yeah, be getting a, a star. Flashy. Getting a star player, we know. It's a star-driven league, and that's the whole reason they got into the Katie Kyrie mess, right? They needed stars. Because at the end of the game, we all watch the NBA. It always comes down to the star players having the ball in their hands. KD said it's a make-or-miss league. What the Nets don't have right now is one or two clear guys to, to handle business. Den- Dinwiddie tried to be the guy. He's not the guy. He can't be taking that many shots. They don't know who should have the ball at the end of the game. Nah, he's on him, man. No, but he's trying to be because he's the longest tenured net, and I just didn't work out tonight. But your guy, Jalen Brunson, number 11, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's making the right decisions. He's leading the team. Now he's got his partner in crime from Villanova. That brings just a winning mentality, a winning pedigree into your locker room. You could tell the other guys are feeding off of it, vibing off of it. The, The Knicks have a good little nucleus to build on. 
And uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But it just well, looks Dallas, right now like they have a chance to to climb up, and the Nets might fall out. Hopefully, man. Appreciate you. Have a safe night. Thanks uh, for the call, time. bro. Appreciate it. Uh, so a few things there. Obviously, the Michigan State University stuff. Go look up for yourself. It sucks. It literally, like you, we're at the point now in social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. You know, you you see these videos, and it's like you're right on campus. You see all these kids running. The shooter right now is the villain in the story, and you can see what he's wearing. And they got cameras on him, and it's it's scary, man. It sucks. It puts you you right in to that situation, and. Uh, you know, I, I went to two schools. I went to James Madison University in Virginia. So I felt that, you know, when that attack happened at Virginia um, Tech, I went to Monmouth. That never happened, but it was a smaller school. And I don't know, you you, you just get worried about these youth, the, the youth, these young kids. I, I feel bad for the parents that have sent their kids away to college. And, um, you know, they don't know what, what's going to happen. You, you send your kid to get an education and, uh, it, it sucks here in America. This is uh, something that's been going on for a long time. But, yeah, I said I wanted to touch back on uh, the joke Jimmy made, which I don't mind. Uh, I really don't. Uh, it's something I've dealt with my entire life. And when I was younger, it was harder for me to process and for me to understand. I just I looked at it as an attack. I looked at it as a joke. I looked at it as somebody making fun of me in a negative way when I was told, oh, you talk white. Oh, you sound white. Like, Jimmy made the joke, and I got no problems with Jimmy. I met Jimmy, and uh, we're from Jersey City area, whatever. And I understood, as he said, um, you know, you go, he'll go, he'll tell them that I'm going into the Italian restaurant, right? It'll be a tall black guy with dreads. He, he talks like a white guy. Now, Jimmy is a white guy. I didn't take offense to that, and I don't take offense to that. When I was younger, I used to take offense to that type of stuff. So much to the point where I'd be ready to fight you over it. But I learned. Right. As I got older, you, you can't talk like a color. You, there is no way to speak white or black or blue. But unfortunately, when you're black, they want you to speak Ebonics. Remember that term? Ebonics, ebony, phonics, basically like the black slang on the English language. If you're black, right, you, you have to speak broken English. If you're black, you can't enunciate your words. You can't be well-spoken because you're black. Only white people can speak the English language the correct way. Only white people have, uh, you know, a, a hold on their grammar. Well, as I got older and I realized, thanks to my mom, you know, who made sure, right, my mom didn't have a college education. She didn't go to college. My mom made sure that I went to a good school and that I went to college. And then, you know, when I was home, that I spoke well in front of her, that I could read, that I could pronounce all my words. My mom is the one that taught me, taught me to, you know, talk to people and look into their eyes, like look someone in their eye when you speak to them, shake their hand firmly, know who you are. And like, I wouldn't have gotten to this far if I, if I didn't listen to that information. So for any black people listening, young black people and white people listening as well, you know, when you hear someone say, oh, this person talks black or white, that's so wrong. And especially for young black kids, they're... There's a, a, a ton of young black kids out there. I was just having this conversation with someone about, you know, as I'm uh, getting into media more and, uh, you know, what what are what are your missions and your whys? And I, I've actually, you know, come across them. But, man, I want to speak to those suburban black kids that didn't necessarily grow up in the hood, might have grown up with two parents in the house, might have grown up uh, learning how to read, write, and speak well and, you know, they're not the stereotypical black person that you see on TV or movies. They're not the stereotypical black person that isn't educated and doesn't speak well. I want to speak to those kids um, and even the kids that did grow up in the hood. You don't have to be what someone wants you to be because that's not actually the, you know, the best that you can be, right? You don't have to speak a certain way. I went through that when I was younger, thinking, oh, I can only hang out with the black kids. Oh, I have to talk a certain way, dress a certain way. No, be you. Be you and speak the way that feels right to you. If that feels right to you, uh, then go for it. But, you know, when you go to interviews, when you walk into certain rooms, your voice is a weapon. Your speech is a weapon. 
I, I've used it to disarm situations because I am 6'2 with dreads. And when I walk in, they want to stereotype me and say I'm one thing. And then when I get to speaking and talking, oh, okay. Your prejudice and what you have in your mind has nothing to do with me and who I am. So there's my little Black History Month lesson. It's still Black History Month. We're halfway through. But when people say you talk black as a as a white person, like do, do people do that? You talk black? No, nah, I just like I don't you rarely hear that. I guess if uh they you know they want to say that to a white person that grew up in the hood, and I've I've run into a ton of those people too. But there is no talking black or white. It's super lame, it's super corny. Um, and I feel bad for, you know, those young black kids that want to be smart and want to speak in public and want to be on air. Well, you're not going to get there speaking black or talking black in the um, uneducated way that they want you to speak because of the color of your skin. We all have this English language. I don't speak another language, right? I, I You don't know how blow Espanol. Like, I, I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak Italian. I can't speak French. So I think I need to have a good command of the English language. And anytime I speak English whether I'm here in New York, whether I'm anywhere in the country, whether I'm out of the country, I speak so that you understand the words that I'm saying and understand the words that I'm saying now. It doesn't bother me uh, whenever people say that, oh, you talk white, because I understand what you mean. It's a compliment. I speak well. You understand me, and it's unfortunate that that's only uh, something for white people to do. Speak correct English read and enunciate and pronounce words and have a, a control of their own grammar. I only speak English, so I'm going to speak the way I speak. I speak some different lingo, uh, some different slang, a little Ebonics, whatever mixed in. But for the most part, I knew I knew young, you know, if I wanted to win out here, if I wanted to actually become something, I needed to have a command of the English language. So I'm a black guy all the way, proud to be black. Wouldn't be me if I wasn't black. But at the same time, I understand, you know, the plight. You you can't be black and well spoken because if you're black and well spoken, you're you sound white. You talk white now. That's unfortunate. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. You know, it's late at night, man. We could take this anywhere we want to go. I could sneak in another call right before we go to break. Rob is in Cape May. He's gonna talk Nets. Rob, it's okay, man. The Nets right now are in a space where it's up in the air. We're trying to figure it out. What you got for us? You're right. I think it'll take some time to cut down on the rotation. Um, right now, it's a big mess. It was kind of like tryouts out there tonight. But I think it's okay. They got um, some good players, um, a good good place to start. I wanted to talk about Cam Thomas. Now, is his defense so bad that he can't get a lot of run with all these new players? Or, I mean, what what's yeah, the deal with him? I, I would I just... like to see him more he's he's a bucket he's a pure scorer and from what it feels like to me at least they don't trust him to start games they don't trust him to d up on a Jalen Brunson per se his scoring is not like there's other guys that can shoot there's other guys that can score now his scoring is not pushing him to the front of the line when there was less players available yeah you got to see Cam unleash because it's like hey we really don't have any other choice uh, but I just think Jacques Vaughn doesn't really fully trust him yet. That may change. That may change. I just think there's other guys in front of him that they're going to go with as veterans. And the Nets' new identity seems to be, you know, length and size. Pause. Like we have, we have now we have uh, the bigger guards, bigger wings. Now we can play a different brand of basketball, a more defensive-minded brand of basketball. But like it, it didn't happen tonight. You know, they gave up almost 130 points tonight. So. Like like I said, I think they're experimenting. Jacques Vaughn is trying to figure it out on the fly. And if it takes, you know, these last couple games before the break, so be it. Then the all-star break hits. You hope that they come back and they can make a push in this second half to kind of stay. I would love to see them stay out of the play-in, right? They had the play-in last year with KD and Kyrie. They got swept. I would love to see them fight the rest of the way and be the sixth seed or the fifth seed and not have to worry about the play-in. Right, they're uh, they're on their way to uh, mediocrity for a little while, I think. But I, I think uh, with Jacques Vaughn, I hope they uh, keep him for a while. Uh, on the Jets, what do you think it would realistically take for them to get Lamar Jackson? Uh, I know a ton of draft picks. Do you think it um, 
they would have to give up too much, or is it worth it? I don't know if Baltimore trades him. I think they might end up franchise tagging him. Lamar wants his money, man. And uh, in division, the Browns paid Deshaun Watson a ton of money, guaranteed. And he's looking at, at Watson like, this guy, this guy has, you know, this guy was out of the league. This guy just got the bag. And he was doing some terrible things off the field. What about me? Like, on the field, I, I've been an MVP. I've taken us to the playoffs. I want my money, too. He wants his money guaranteed. So, I don't know. They, I think that the Ravens, if they don't give him a long-term contract, I think that they will franchise tag him because the Ravens aren't starting over, and they also know they're not really winning with Tyler Huntley. You drafted Lamar Jackson. You took a chance on him. You've got to sign him. And if you can't sign him, franchise tag him. I don't think that they're going to trade him away. And if they did, it's going to take a haul. It would, it would certainly take uh, some top picks and maybe some other players as well. Yeah, after him and um, Rodgers, the talent kind of falls off really quick there as far as our picks go for uh, a, a new quarterback. Yeah, that's um, what I, I said. It's got to be Carr and Rodgers. They got to be in. They got to be making those calls. They got to try and be in that conversation. And then as soon as they're not, they're, then they pivot. And then the next tier is, you know, Jimmy G and uh, Ryan Tannehill. And then I guess Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton, those types. Yeah, it's, it's up in the air. It's, it's, uh, it but was the Jets are a win-now team. The Jets have the rookie of the year on offense and defense. They 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 hit on other rookies in Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall. They got to win before these guys want their money. Like, they need a quarterback that can win now. And it could be Lamar. But, they, you know, I, I just think that the, the Ravens would be stupid to, to trade him at this point. And then it could be Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's a Vegas soul. I think his soul aligns more with something out there in Nevada in the desert where he can be isolated versus coming to New York where he'll have people on him as soon as he steps out of his door anywhere around here. Sure. All right, I'm looking forward to talking some Yankees baseball with you this yes, season. Sir. Um, yep. I wanted to send my love out to what's going on in uh, Michigan. That's some terrible news. And uh, hopefully we'll see less of that in the world um, moving forward. And uh, you have a good night, Keith. It was great talking to you again. Take care. Thanks for the call, Rob. Yeah, I'd like to see less of it in the world, but it really happens here. So less of it in the United States. It's a problem here. The gun issues are a problem here. Uh, And I, you know, I just don't, I don't feel like I don't see school shootings elsewhere i don't see this pattern elsewhere so i don't know it sucks it's it's a helpless feeling you feel like there's nothing you can do um but you just hope and you pray and maybe there will be a day in the future where there's less of this It, it it stopped remember we felt like school shootings stopped uh i guess because of quarantine and covid and you know it's tough to have a school shooting when people aren't in school but now here we are and uh it's terrible news to read, and it's something right in your face. If it's not police brutality, it's a school shooting, and it seems as Mer- uh, American as American Pie and the Super Bowl and all these other things. We just kind of keep on rolling forward and moving on with our lives, and who knows when it'll end. 877-337-6666. I got about 30 minutes left of the show. I'll come back and hit you guys with some more info and some different things. Uh, in the sports world and try and keep it there. But, you know, it's life and reality. Other things are going to come into the conversation, and they should. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Thanks for listening to my show. I got to take a break. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Some, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Keith McPherson on the fan, checking right back in. The final stretch here. Good to be back. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Super Bowl weekend. Hopefully you made some money off the Super Bowl. You cashed something. And uh, we all won. We all won. The Eagles lost. And uh, you can't spell Philly without back-to-back L's. They lost the Super Bowl and the World Series. And I guess the soccer match. I didn't even double-check that. Someone someone uh, told me that to, today. <laughs> I should have probably double, triple-checked that um, before I got on. But, yeah, the Philadelphia Union. Let's see the last game they played. Yeah, they took, they took an L February 10th. I don't know. Good enough, man. Oh, no, they lost. See, yeah, so the Philadelphia Union lost to, in the MLS Cup, they lost to Los Angeles. So, man, that's three in a row. The city of brotherly L's. You got to love that. You got to love that. These kids were out there flipping cars before the game. They were in the streets after. It's like, go home. You, You lost. Go home. They greased up the poles for nothing. Go home. That's a wrap. And I hope that the Eagles do not get to the top of the mountaintop anytime soon. I saw uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. I love seeing Pat Mahomes Sr., man. I heard Evan talk about, you know, this random reliever for the Mets. His kid would be the greatest of all time. Yeah, he he took some of his athleticism. And if you guys are interested to, to learn more about, you know, Pat Sr., he was just on the show with Joel Sherman and... Um, why do I always and John Heyman? Shout out to John Heyman. I, I told him I was like, good get, good listen. And he talked about how he played football, he played basketball, he played baseball. And he wanted to go to University of Arkansas to play basketball. He could have been a good football player, but he didn't like getting hit. So he ended up, you know, playing baseball, and because he could throw, he became a pitcher. But okay, if you're a professional ball player, and we've seen the images of young Patrick Mahomes on the field with the Mets, with the Rangers. He was with um, Derek Jeter. Put a pen in that. He was with Derek Jeter. And, you know, Pat Sr. told a story about him shagging fly balls and how Bobby Valentine wasn't with it. But then he told him, no, no, listen, like, I know he's only four or five years old, but, like, he's okay out there. He, You know, we catch fly balls all the time. And after he saw him do it, you know, he let him do it, and I think, you know, Pat caught one off of, I forget whose bat he said, and it was, like, little Pat's biggest day of his life that he, like, caught a, a ball off of this guy's bat. So, that's cool, man. Pat Mahomes Sr. said, we were smoking on Philly blunts tonight. <laughs> he was smoking on the that Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago. He said they were on the Philly blunt, blunts uh, two nights ago. And, uh, you know, he, he sees his son at the end of the game. Game's over. Imagine saying to your kid, to your son, he said, you're different. i never seen anything like you. You're the best. Like, telling your own kid that. Like, you made him this way. You helped make him this way. Your genetics and you bringing him on the field, right, at four or five years old, Patrick Mahomes is seeing what it's like inside professional sports. It's not too big for him. And Patrick Mahomes was a, a, a great baseball player. He told a story about how Patrick Mahomes, they try to make him play shortstop, but he's gunning the ball over from shortstop to first the kids can't catch the ball. One kid misses the ball. It hits him in the face. And the coach says, all right, we, we got to throw the ball. We're going to practice throwing the ball on the ground and letting it roll to first base. And Pat Mahomes Sr. is like, no, I'm not going to teach him how to throw the ball bad. Let's move him to first base until we can find a first baseman that can actually catch the ball. So, you know, Pat, Pat Mahomes Sr. talks about how Patrick was the best football, basketball, baseball player growing up. Every team he was on, he was the best player, and he's still the best player, and he's the best player in the NFL. And I'm glad that these young kids have him, right? Tom Brady retires, boom. Patrick Mahomes gets another Super Bowl. 
And right now, the only knock is that he lost the Super Bowl, but they're not going to knock him on that Super Bowl uh, as time goes on because he lost that Super Bowl to Tom Brady. That was the one to give Brady seven. It's all good. It's all right. Patrick Mahomes, throw him all into that GOAT conversation. He's up there. And any team like the Jets or any other team trying to figure out their quarterback situation, can your quarterback go toe-to-toe with Mahomes? He can't. And the whole league is going to try and figure those guys out, and they're not going anywhere. Andy Reid is coming back. Kelsey's coming back. They're going to run it back. And you heard it here first on WFAN. I try to go back and look for the podcast. I, I've really got to get better at that. I know I say a lot of things that end up coming true. I know I say a lot of things that end up happening, and then I just move on to the next. And I'm not going to task any of our producers, hey, go back and find us. But I know for a fact that when everybody was picking the Bills week one, I said on air, it's the Chiefs. People were like, the Chiefs without Tyree Kill? I'm like, no, they're going to be better without Tyree Kill because they have the best quarterback in the league, and he's going to have to quarterback. He can't just throw it up there because Tyreek's somewhere down there. Like, I felt like, uh, you know, not knocking Hurts because Hurts put on. He balled. He had a great Super Bowl, one that will go down in history. First two meetings of uh, two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. They did a lot of uh, featuring of Doug Williams and – you know, those guys showed out last night. Numbers-wise, Pat didn't have the game that Hurts had. The Eagles beat them in every category. But, you know, Hurts definitely has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and those guys. He could throw it up there. A.J. Brown somewhere down there. Uh, at the end of the game, he threw it up there, and it just came a little bit too short. And I was perfectly fine with how that game went. My biggest gripe with the game was... The field, that's not safe. Guys slipping everywhere. Like, we're supposed to have a fast track for the Super Bowl. The whole world is watching this. How bogus is the NFL that these guys can't plant? That that paint on your grass turns the place into an ice skating ring. These guys are slipping all over the field in the biggest game ever. All right, back to the phones. We go 877-337-6666. I said stick a pen in that with Jeter. Jeter popped out. Before the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday always takes forever. So I'm watching every channel, every possible piece of coverage. And then Fox pops out with Derek Jeter, and they announce that he's joining the Fox pregame coverage um, for baseball. And we did see him last year at the end of the year. um, But Fox has the bag, man. They've got all the money. They're bringing in Jeter. Jeter was rumored to be joining the Yes Network. And I remember saying, Yes Network, they ain't got the bag for Jeets. They can't pay Jeets. Well, Fox can and I don't know how much they're going to be using him, but uh, you add him to A-Rod and to uh, David Ortiz. That's that's a good little crew that they've got at Fox covering Major League Baseball. And uh, Jeets will be trying his hand at television in 2023, and then Tom Brady's going to come through in 2024, and Greg Olson's going to have to take a pay cut from $10 million to $3 million, from the A team to the B team. That's tough. And I, I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but I'm hoping that he's not good at, at at broadcasting. Remember when Jason Witten tried his hand at broadcasting and then he went back into football because he was so bad? Okay, now back to the phone. Eddie is in Mohegan Lake, New York on the fan. What's up, Eddie? Hey, brother. How you doing, man? I'm good. Just um, bringing it home. You took me by surprise on what you said. I am a 65-year-old white man who grew up in Harlem who everybody said wouldn't grow up to nothing. And I'm proud of you for where you are now. And I just want to tell you, being that way back in the late 60s, early 70s, how they treated me, and they treated me like garbage. I mean, it's funny how a lot of white people, when they talk to me, they think it's all right to use the N-word. And I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. But I'm proud for where I came from, Harlem, the Bronx, you know? Yeah, and don't ever let that leave you. That's what makes you. No, man. That's that's in, in, in your core. That's where you survived. Still there? They think it's okay with me, but it's not. You know what they call me? A wigger. Yeah. And and, hey, you know, I'm sorry to to hear it. It's just it's just a reality, though. And I and I I appreciate you calling up and and sharing your experience because I said right. I'm proud of it. The other way around, you know, I've been in plenty hoods. That's another thing that people don't know about me. Like, my family is from Jacksonville, from the, like, hood of Jacksonville. I know. And I, I know. got sent and there think, every summer. And, you know, I yeah, wasn't. Yeah, they think that's okay. 
They think that's okay. And white people still use that. So don't let them tell you that racism is dead. I see it in my neighborhood. And I put up with it every day. Yeah. I don't talk to many people here because the fact that you think you can use the SP word, the N word. Yeah, no. Nah, you can hurt never me cool. and do whatever you want. But you know what? I am a wigger and I'm proud of it. Yeah, and that's just the unfortunate name that they put on it, right? That's a derogatory yeah. term that they just swap out the N and put the W on it to try and talk down right. on somebody, make somebody feel lesser than Absolutely. what they are. You, you know? know what? I've seen a lot of my friends get wasted, and I'm not going to tell you by who, and you know it. I knew the Black Panthers people, you know, and yep. it was hard. It was rough to see that going down, you know? Yeah, you know what? Also, I relate to your story because I don't know your your parents' background, but you don't get to choose where you grow up or or where you live. No. As a kid, you're no. born where your parents have you, and that's that's where I was. I'm, right. You know, my mom looked out for me. Uh, my brother was yeah. in a different school, and he got into some fights and some trouble. He was ten years older than me, so you know he's getting in trouble at thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. By the time I'm in first grade, my mom says, "I don't want that for my son. I don't want right. my." young black son right. to be in a school with unfortunately all other black kids where it's a situation for you to eat each other alive for less yeah. of you to survive and, and, and triumph. And my mom moved us out and we moved into a more white town, but we moved into a white town into a place where she could afford. And it, it was, it was just a hood in a white town. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but you know what's the worst of it? is when I see six black cops kill a black man. Yeah, we just saw that in, in Memphis, and it's it's terrible. Yeah. It's And it's like, you know what, I and I didn't speak about that on air when it happened. Uh, it, it never came up, but we're talking about it now. That's, that is another issue, like that in itself, right? right. You know, uh, some people try to paint the, the police brutality as if it's always racial profile, it's always racial. No, it's a power yeah. trip. And when you see those black guys that, like, beat the crap out of that black man, they have no self-respect. They have no I pride. I cried when I saw that. Yeah, they're confused in their own power that they think they have. Like, right. what were those what guys on? What better than anybody? Exactly. You know, what what were those guys on, man? We're in, uh, we're in the future. But as much as we feel like we're in the, in, in the future, there are still a ton of issues from the past. And like you said, racism still alive. They're just reconciling it, man. And that's why I don't, yeah. I don't take it, I don't take it lightly that I'm a young black man on this microphone in New York. Uh, there should be more young black oh. men on the mic in in New York. Absolutely, and power to the people. I used to say, you know, power to everybody because everybody's a person. Yeah. And a lot of people go through this whether you're white, black, or Chinese. It's just ridiculous. We're human beings, and at the end of the day, yeah. we all we all want equality, right? We all want the same fair shake. I don't want yeah. I don't want you doing something for me because I'm black. I don't want you doing something against me because Absolutely. I'm black. Judge my character. Judge, you, judge my personality. Judge the way I treat other yes. people. Thanks for the right. call, Eddie. Appreciate you got it, bro. Man. Yeah, not not trying to take the show that way, but man, with the Michigan State stuff and um, you know, with it being Black History Month and me having uh, you know, just during this show tonight, if you listen to my show the last two hours since I've been on three hours. I've been on, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> 10 45 ish. I think the show started. So yeah, 11 45, 12 one. So I've been on for like three hours, but uh, I use that opportunity when, you know, um, you know, Jimmy shout out to you. If you're still listening, I got no issues with you, bro. Trust me. But uh, you know, Jimmy describes me as a tall black dude with dreads walking in and something he would also say to the person trying to identify me is, talks like a white guy. And I've had people on the radio not know what I look like. In the beginning, there were definitely some people that were like, oh, Jersey Shore, I assumed you were a white guy. Okay, well, <laughs> what does that say about you? It says more about you than me. And uh, if I sound white, I, I guess I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I, I think I, I know I'm educated. I know I'm well-spoken. I think I come from a predominantly white area I didn't choose it, you know. My mom put me there. I'm not mad at it, though. It definitely helped me learn how to navigate some different rooms and some different situations. And 
I look to be example for the next young black kids that are growing up. Like, hey, why do they think we got to be gangster? Why do they think we got to be hood? Why do they think we got to sound a certain type of way? We can't be smart, too. We can't be well-spoken. I think it'll bode, you know, well for you if you actually learn how to speak well. It'll it'll carry you further than it will trying to be cool or hip or speak broken English or whatever. Yeah, I guess, you know, these shows are packed with sports and we try to keep them the sports, 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 but reality comes in and I can only be real. And that was an opportunity for me to speak. I appreciate Eddie calling in, who is kind of the converse, kind of the flip, right? Uh, uh, an older guy, twice my age, white guy that grew up in Harlem as the only white guy. And unfortunately, people said to him, you know, things, but he channeled it. He worked through it. He didn't let it stop him. And, you know, he said he was a Marine and uh, I'm sure he's doing what he wants to do in his life and didn't let people calling him names or assuming what he's supposed to be or applying stereotypes to him slow him down. I, my entire life, I've been trying to beat stereotypes. I was just having a conversation with someone about how I think I would have gotten further in my career or I think I would be further along in my career, but there was always a you know a little bit of racism uh, every couple you know gigs or opportunities. And the, the tricky part about racism is you don't know if you're not good enough or if they're just being racist. It's like, wait, are they treating me this way because I'm not talented? Are they treating me this way because I don't have it? Or are they just not able to see me for who I am because they see me as black first and they have their own preconceived notions and their prejudice and I'm never going to be able to defeat that. I'll, I'll tell that to you know anyone listening. It goes both ways. Sometimes you're not going to beat what someone thinks about you. If they have the power in the situation, you may never win. You got to figure that out quick. You got to recognize that fast. That's obviously not the case here at WFAN. I mean, that's obviously not the case here at Odyssey. They gave me an opportunity without any prior radio experience. They gave me an opportunity after having a couple interviews and after, you know, after breaking bread a couple times. Like I had to, you know, actually meet and talk to some people uh, to back my resume. You know, there's been times in my career where my resume wasn't enough. There's been times in my career where the work that I did, the education I had, it wasn't enough. You, they just don't want someone black representing them in certain capacities. And that's the unfortunate uh, part of it, you know, and that's what we're trying to fight. I think when I came on in the beginning of this month, I said, you know, Black History Month for me, it's the shortest month of the year. It's kind of like a slight, like, all right, here you go. Here's 28 days. Do your black stuff. But I've always felt like black history is American history. I'm American just like you. I watch these American sports leagues just like you. I grew up, I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, playing sports just like you. I, I, I had the same dreams that you had. It's just my my black dream, my black American dream, there's a little bit more obstacles. It's a little bit more treacherous to win and to, to survive. But it's the same. It's the same. We're all here. We're all from... This uh, United States of America, whether you're from New York, New Jersey, surrounding areas, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and, and further beyond, we, we're all kind of sold this American dream and trying to make it out here and trying to survive out here. And it's unfortunate when we see students on campus in Michigan getting shot at. Um, it just makes you think of all the other times. It's unfortunate when we see someone in Memphis in police custody just getting absolutely beat to like the point where they lose their life if you know if you're a human being you you feel some type of way if you're american you feel some type of way about it and i think we've obviously made progress but black history month you hear about these different things i mean didn't chris berman try to uh <laughs> chris berman tried to give some props to abraham lincoln i saw yesterday he said something about when's abraham lincoln's birthday that's why i'm just like I laugh. I always laugh at these things. Abraham Lincoln's birthday was Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and I love Berman, right? You heard me say, the Raiders, the Bears. Like, you know, Curtis, my favorite Martian. Like, you know, obviously you guys know Chris Berman is a legend. But he might be cooked. He might be past his, um, <laughs> he might be past his time now 
because he tried to parallel the first meeting of two black quarterbacks with Abraham Lincoln's birthday. I get it, because Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we talking about, bro? <laughs> like, like, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts have nothing to do with slavery. But I guess, you know, since we're they're black and, and it's Black History Month, right? I remember having a show where I was talking about why do we always have to talk about slavery? I wasn't a slave. My grandma wasn't a slave. And uh, we should talk about black people becoming what they've become despite slavery like talk about being behind the eight ball to become rihanna to become jay-z to become barack obama to become you know any of these successful people it took a ton of sacrifice from people before us teach that history about what black people had to overcome in this country to even get to where we are now with a lot further to go all right enough history lessons hopefully you had a laugh at some point we talk Super Bowl. We talk Knicks, Nets. We, of course, complained about Manfred League Baseball and Manfred's man on second and what's to come. I'm excited about it. I mean, I, I love baseball. And here in New York, how can you not love baseball with the talent that we have on both teams? It's coming up. Spring training is really this week. And I've got a bunch of open shows, so we will talk baseball later on. I think coming up at 7. I have an open show 7 to 12, so that'll be fun. And then all next week, I think I've got an open show Monday through Thursday. Can't wait. All right. Uh, Sal Licata coming up next. I'm sure Sal, after being uh, off for a little while, I know he was on yesterday, and he's kind of back in the fold. I saw him on SNY tonight. Sal's going to crush it tonight. Pumped to have Sal back. I don't know who some of those jokers were filling in for Sal. Just kidding. I know all of them. <laughs> it's jokes. I'm out of here. Keep it fierce and all the fans. Sal Akata's next. Be good, people. I'll talk to you soon. Sports Radio 1019 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.